As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You're about to receive a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Center, one church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Christian Center, visit our website at www.harvestcc.me. And remember to love God, love people, and love life. Who comes in the name of the Lord? Speak, man of God. Harvest will hear, and we shall obey. Would you welcome Bishop Thomas as he comes from Austin, Texas, great man of God. Stand on your feet and welcome him today. Amen. I said stand up. Will you honor your pastor, the man of God? Come on, you can do better than that. Hallelujah. Go ahead and be seated. I'm going to um, forgive me for uh, going a few minutes over this morning. I was, I didn't understand the brevity of the clock, and I'm very timely in everything that I do. So, pardon me for that, but I hope I helped you. Amen. Um, but I really want to take my time and do a little more teaching this second round. Um, because it's something that's significant, and I just believe in the middle of teaching, a preach might break out. Amen. Amen. Uh, my spiritual uh, father, Dr. Piper, used to always say that teaching is preaching slowed down, and preaching is teaching sped up. Amen. And so I'm excited to be here. Father, would you lift your hands to the Lord? Father, in the name of Jesus. We thank you for this opportunity to celebrate the man of God. God, where would our lives be if you hadn't put men in the earth with your word inside of them and literally rescued us out of our predicaments and released us to our possibilities? I thank you for Bishop Foreman and I thank you that he's on 10, God. And Father, we're not just excited about what has been. We're excited because of what will be. Because God, you're still unveiling in this man everything that this area and other areas need, God. Now in Jesus' name, I bless this people. And I pray that they understand, God, what you've called them to, what you have signed them to. And I just pray that if there are any weight on them right now, any predicaments, any situations, any problems, any pain, uh, I pray that if any devil, demon, or imp, or spirit is trying to hinder, harm, or hurt them, God, in the name of Jesus, I declare them free. And he whom the Son has set free, God, your word says is free indeed. So in Jesus' name, we celebrate freedom today. And we give you glory for what you're getting ready to deposit in our atmosphere. Come on, somebody, and praise our King. 
Come on and praise our King. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to our God. If you have your Bibles, and I want you to really get something to write with and write on, I want you to uh, journey with me, sojourn with me to the book of Joshua, uh, chapter 1. And I want to read that. And I want you to write down Acts chapter 9. And I want you to just pin that somewhere so that you could read that when you get home. Um, because I know that the announcement in your atmosphere is that we're on 10. Amen. And that's what should happen. Your spirit should quicken when you hear that. Because he's not the only one on 10. Everywhere his feet go, thou and this people shall go with him. I wish I had somebody. And some of you are saying, but I ain't been here 10 years, but guess what? Touch your neighbor and say, it's all right. You're on 10. And now you should celebrate that right now for just a moment. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Joshua chapter 1, there is such a beautiful, amazing announcement that leaps off of the pages and begs for our attention in the midst of probably one of, at, their, at the point of their lives in the text, one of their mo most horrific experiences, which lets me know that God can still do great things in the midst of bad situations. And the Bible says in verse 1, now after the death of Moses, it says that the Lord, uh, he was the servant of the Lord, that uh, the Bible says that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun. You might want to underline that, uh, son of Nun. That's son of limitations, son of prohibition. He was the son of restriction. It says Moses' minister saying Moses my servant is dead the Lord spake unto Joshua the son of Nun Moses' minister saying Moses my servant is dead now therefore arise and go over this Jordan thou and all this people unto a land which I do give unto them even to the children of Israel but this is what he says to Joshua every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon that have I given you as I said unto Moses now for the first time in <clears throat> my pastoral journeys I've never ever preached or taught the same thing twice um, at a place that I've come to but the spirit of the Lord wants me to revisit something I did when I was here for your conference I, I want to revisit that because when I was coming here the Lord said the people need to be reminded and if you understand the power of teaching teaching uh, uh, is residual is, res is, is residual when you want to teach somebody something you have to teach it to them more than once am I talking to somebody for it to stick and so since you're on 10 today I want to talk about 10 things your man of God needs from you amen I, I want to deal with that for a minute but just before I deal with it I want to explore the idea of this number 10 that uh, this number 10 in the Bible is literally used 242 times um, the designation 10th is used 79 times and it's a complete and a perfect number and there are three other numbers that 
take on this type of manifestation is the number 10, the number 3, the number 7, and the number 12 are all considered complete and perfect numbers. The number 10 is comprised mathematically, of course, of the number four and the number six, and there are other mathematical combinations that will make up it, but it deals with the number of physical creation, <coughs> which causes things to manifest right before you, and it deals with the number of mankind, which means God is doing it with you. There is a proverbial colloquialism that says when the student is ready, that the teacher will appear. And I know that sometimes uh, many of you feel like that the process might be too rigorous and you want Bishop to notice you because whether we realize it or not, most of the people that are assigned under our watch, uh, unfortunately in this generation, are people with father issues. There, there, there is an enormous uh, 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 influx over the last 40 years of people who have father issues and every child, whether they be male or female, at some point wants to garner their father's approval. And some of the things that are going on with you as it relates to some of the tentativeness or the apprehensiveness that you might feel as you're trying to get Bishop's attention because you just need that validation of approval, that handshake, that hug, that him speaking something into your life. If nothing but for a moment, there is something innately inbred in each of us that wants to be noticed by our father. And Bishop being your spiritual father takes on the role in the sense in two positions because he is manifested natural human flesh that has a spiritual assignment. And so because of that, he's having to fulfill the role of what didn't happen in your life, but he's also being blamed for the things that did happen. I, I, I'm going somewhere if you stay with me because it is important. And so when you, when you, when you look at Bishop, you want to garner his attention. You want his attention. And it's not always a bad thing. You just want his validation. It, it, ten people can say it's going to be all right. But when Bishop says it's going to be all right, it has a different tone to it. Ten people can say you need to get yourself together, but when bishops say you got to get yourself together, it takes on a different painful feeling. Why is that? Why is that? Because, watch this now, and you wonder oftentimes it feels like, watch this now, that the man of God or the men of God have their picks and chooses or they have their cliques or they have their inner circle or they have their dream team and you wonder why you can't be a part of the dream team. Well, the colloquialism, and just give me a minute, it says when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. And one of the reasons why Bishop might not have noticed you to be honest with you is that you ain't ready yet I, I know you don't want to hear what I'm having to say but I'm going somewhere if you stay with me it's not that you're not ready for him to pay attention to you it's not that you're not ready for him to love on you it's not that you're not ready for him to cultivate you you're not ready to serve the office of the man of God because every time you're in our vicinity whether you intend to or not you tug on our anointing I know this month is hashtag man of steel and one thing about Superman is that you don't want to be you, 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 it's easy to tug on Superman's cape you remember when Jesus and the Bible calls her Veronica uh, compassionately when she gets around Jesus and she reaches for the hem of his garment and he says somebody touch me and the disciples couldn't comprehend it mentally because they said Lord it's a whole bunch of people around you pressing you and Jesus was saying it wasn't that kind of a touch when somebody touched me this time it pulled on my anointing 
And a lot of times why is so, why we have to be so cautious and careful about you being around the man of God when you're not ready is that you will bring a lot of mess into his atmosphere that has nothing to do with him and it pulls on his anointing. Watch this now, watch this now, whether he intends to deal with you or not in that way. And so in the Bible, when we talk about this number 10, you know, in Genesis 1, uh, uh, you know, in Genesis, uh, we find the phrase God said 10 times in the Bible because it is a testimony of God's creative power. The number 10 uh, 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 was so powerful that God took 362 laws, broke them down into 10 categories and called them commandments uh, because God was trying trying to let you know that when you get on 10 you have arrived somewhere a tenth a tithe is a tenth part of our earnings it means the word tenth part and what the word 10 actually means is that I'm experiencing the best of the best because I've came through my worst but the best is still yet to come somebody ain't getting where I'm going here I'm trying to tell you that when this at, when this thing is spoken into your atmosphere 10 represents four things in your life I'm getting to the man of God and what he needs from you but I want you to know in this hour why you should be so excited when we throw them X's up why you should be so excited when it's spoken in your life that you're on 10 because he's on 10 and wherever his feet go yours shall follow that's what God was trying to tell Joshua but God was trying to tell Joshua watch this in this manner that Joshua you ain't the only one that lost something I lost Moses my servant but you are his servant he said, wait a minute, man of God. Hold on just a minute. I'm, I'm coming, baby. I'm coming. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. And so the Bible says, watch this now. The, the, the word of God, uh, uh, teacher, 10 represents four things I want you to write down just for your memory banks. Number one, it represents order, all right, which, 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 which may, it may need, it, it, it represents the order which says to us that by the time you're on 10 and you're experiencing God's best, you got to get yourself together. That's why many of you in this room have felt a tug on yourself right now. You're feeling extra weight in your life right now and you're feeling an extra burden at times like this thing is feeling burdensome. No, because by now, watch me now, even though you ain't been there, he has and you're connected with him in the spirit. So where he goes, he ought to demand that you go and you know he does. But it means that it's time to get your together because baby let me tell you this you are not overwhelmed you underprepared the Bible says, watch this now, the word of God says this, and it says, you know, in the word of God when he says, he says, uh, 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 in the beginning, Genesis 1, says God created the heavens and the earth, and verse 2 says, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And verse 3 says, and the spirit of the Lord uh, hovered over the face of the, uh, of the waters, and then God said, in verse 3, let there be light, and there was light. Now this is interesting because verse 2 represents theologically a few things. It represents the gap theory, but that's a whole nother subject for a whole nother time. But it also represents something that God did not create. It represented chaos. It represented a time because God does not create chaos, but God identified chaos because the Bible says that the earth was without form and void. God did not bring you in the harvest to sit around and do nothing. I wish I had somebody and he didn't bring you in the harvest for harvest to just resolve your chaos. What he's supposed to do is give you a word and you you're supposed to go fix your chaos. How do I know? Watch this. Because the Bible says the earth was well and said, and God said, let there be light. Now, this is where it gets interesting there because God sees the darkness. And Sir Isaac Newton writes that uh, darkness is nothing but the absence of light, but God never identifies the darkness as the problem because that would be making an excuse. I, I'm, I'm preaching and y'all see that's when you should have said something. God 
God didn't identify the darkness, he spoke to the light. See, you keep speaking to the problem instead of speaking to your situation and declaring and decreeing your situation. When the man of God speaks to you, he ain't trying to coddle your problem. He's trying to cultivate your possibility. So you walking around mad, man, your man of God didn't even address my situation. He ain't supposed to because he ain't stuck with you where your situation is. He's trying to get you unstuck out of your situation. And he can only do that by creating, watch this now, cosmos, which eliminates chaos. God looked at it and said, I see what's wrong. This thing is out of order. Everything is where it shouldn't be. And God had his little notepad out and he was writing down everything that was wrong. I wish I had somebody and God was saying now fix it watch me now the second thing was organization you lack organization watch this now the third thing is oversight and the fourth thing is overcoming I'm, 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 I'm gonna run through them real quick so I can get where I'm going because I need you to understand that there are four things when you by the time you get on 10 that there are things that should have changed and shifted in your life to where now you begin to understand what it is that God needs from you see God you, you, you remember they used to have that 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 marketing pitch that you your country needs you. Uncle Sam needs you. See, you keep coming in church about what you can get, get from church. You keep coming up in here, I need a word. You keep coming up in here, I need deliverance. You keep coming up in here, I need prayer. You keep coming up in here, I need a blessing. And then you leave up out of here feeling like you didn't get anything because when you arrived, you were DOA dead on arrival because if you don't bring anything, you can't have anything. I wish I had somebody. You can't keep coming up in here trying to find out what you can get out of here. You got to find out what your church needs. Now, 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 there's some significance about that because people always ask us this close to us. If I had a quarter for every time somebody asked, sir, do you need anything? Men of God hear that all the time. And you know the problem is, by now, you should have an idea of what it is we need. And when we tell you what we need, you should be willing to fulfill it. I wish I had somebody. Now, 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 since you're on 10, I want to just drop 10 things in your life that you can know from now on that you automatically know your pastor needs because he said that over 1,700 pastors a month are walking away from this pulpit, which means that we are standing on the endangerment of the preacher becoming extinct. Can you imagine a world if when, when, when that many polar bears die a month, they put them under protection? Ain't nobody going to talk to me. But the man, the men and women of God are leaving the pulpit and all we do is continue to talk about them. And they're leaving the pulpits because, don't take this personal, of you. I ain't talking to you. Is he talking to me? Is he talking to me? Yes, I am talking to you. Uh, because if you had to ask, I'm probably talking to you. Ain't nobody gonna hear me up in here. I ain't got a scared bone in my body and I'm getting back on the plane in the morning. So you can listen like me all you want. Guess what? It's still the fact men and women of God are leaving because they're having to do too much, think too much, carry too much, work too much for you. And the more we invest in you, the dumber you get. I, I didn't, your bishop didn't say that, I did, so direct your energy here. I ain't going to say amen now. Yes, you are, because I'm coming down your road, and when something stomp on your toe, you got to holler, ouch. So tell your neighbor there are 10 things that my man of God needs from me. 
All right, now watch this. What is the first thing that the pastor needs? The pastor needs you to understand. Now, he talked about Denver, and Denver has such a similar culture to that of Austin. Austin has every year the witches' convention in it, where people could uh, converge on the city by the tens of thousands for a witches' convention. They assign witches and warlocks uh, over each church to cast spells over the church. And you talking about a place where it's hard getting people to go to church? All right, so watch this. One of the things the pastor needs from you is for you to understand unequivocally that numbers do matter. Ain't nobody gonna talk to me. You'll come up in here uh, uh, and, 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 and just, just wait a minute, baby. I'm gonna point, when I point at you, me and you going to the runway. Watch this now. You'll understand that numbers matter because people have a tendency and a proclivity to think that numbers don't matter. And so we'll say to the man of God, well, God, Lee, I was here. You won't say it to him because you got one of them crazy nut pastors like I am. I, and you just, there's certain things you'll say up in here. I remember my pastor was telling me to do something one time and I was talking back up in here. My body was doing it, but my mind wasn't sitting. I was talking back up in here. Now, I know you ain't never done that because you're too spiritual, but watch this now. And so what I don't understand is numbers matter. We can't continue to do this without progress and without success and without growth. And it's not his job to grow the numbers. It's his job to grow the people in the number. See, you keep coming to church by yourself suggests that you don't understand that numbers matter. Well, I was here, and we're supposed to celebrate the fact that, yes, you were here, but you don't understand that numbers matter. Watch this. How do I know numbers matter? Because Genesis 126, God said, be fruitful and multiply. How do I know numbers matter? Because John 21, he asked Peter, do you love me? Peter said, yes, I love you. He said, feed my sheep. He asked him again, Peter, do you love me? Yes, I love you. Feed my sheep. Then the third time he asked him, Peter, do you love me? Peter caught an attitude, said, God, you know I love you. He said, then feed my lamb. Sheep, sheep, lamb. It takes two sheep to produce one lamb. And if you love God, you ought to be producing something. You keep coming to church working, but you're not producing the numbers. You say, man of God, what do you mean? What do you mean why we ain't producing the numbers? We full. No, by now, overflow should be your culture. Y'all got one of the most exciting churches in the city. But if you ain't inviting nobody, you want the marketing to do the ministry for you. Ain't nobody going to talk to me. In this day and age, with all of the technological advancements, still to this day, the number one way to get somebody to church is people inviting people. The great real estate of the church is invite, invite, invite. When the last time you invited somebody for real? You say, well, I invite, I invite my cousin every week. That's the problem. You fishing for the same guppy. Y'all ain't hearing me here. Well, I don't really know nobody. You go to the gas station, don't you? You go to the grocery store. You go to the mall. It's getting quiet up in here. You say you don't know nobody, but you passing up the church on the way to the church. By now, the praise team shouldn't have no room up on this stage. It's getting quiet up in here. By now, by now, y'all should be looking for a new building. You don't know what it does to the man of God with a gift like this to walk off in here and see the church half empty. Ain't nobody talking. You don't know what it does to a gift. It pulls on that gift. It's just like a woman cooking food and then your husband come home and he don't want to eat. 
Uh, ladies, help me here. I know even if you ain't got no husband, imagine. As the, as the, as the Spanish say, imagine in say. Just imagine with me what is it? You done slaved over a hot meal and cooked and he said he wanted, then he get home. I, you think, well, he must have ate somewhere. The second thing your pastor needs from you is for you to shut up and work. Men of God with authority can't stand complaining people. And even though you don't say it around Bishop, if you're saying it anywhere, and here's another thing you don't realize, even if you ain't saying it, but you're listening to it, Ain't nobody going to talk to me. See, gossip ain't a one-way street. It ain't just what's coming out of your mouth. Your ears are the conduit to your soul. And you used to be happy before you let people start depositing mess in your atmosphere. I wish I had somebody. Letting somebody talk about your bishop and your church is like letting somebody talk about your mama to your face. Now, you know, you talk about somebody, mama, who love their mama, it's going to be on, it's going to be a misunderstanding. We finna move some furniture up in here. I wish I had somebody. When somebody come to you talking about your church, why they do all that? Why they do all this? Why y'all got to do that? It's a harvest thing. You wouldn't understand. Y'all ain't going to help me up in here. So watch me now. You got to get to the place where you understand your man of God needs you to shut up and work. And here's the thing about it. You would want to shut up. You know why? Because in Numbers 12, they made the vast, they, they made the drastic mistake of what's called familiarity. When you feel comfortable enough to talk about the man of God, you done just lost your mind. Ain't nobody going to talk to me. Watch me now. Why, why do I know? Because uh, in Numbers 12, Miriam and Aaron, here's the were his brother and sister. Y'all ain't going to help me up in here. And family like to take liberty sometime. Ain't nobody going to talk to me because they feel like they family. But God came and said, wait a minute. He ain't just your brother. He ain't only your brother. He is the man of God. I wish I had somebody. Remember when Jesus was in the temple preaching, Mary and them took some liberties. They came and told the, uh, the ambassador, said, uh, go tell Jesus. Jesus said, uh-uh, hold on. Don't ever interrupt me when I'm preaching. He said, who is my mother and who is my brothers but they that do the will of God? Baby, I hate to break the news to you, but if you ain't doing his will, you ain't related to me. Uh, you see how quiet they got, but Bishop, that's family. That's family. What was God's first instruction to Abraham? He said, get out of your, get away from your kinfolk. There are three ships that'll mess you up. Kinship, friendships, and relationships. Are y'all hearing me here? So, so he needs you to shut up and work. Why? Because when they were talking, what did they do? They stagnated the whole move of God. You remember the Bible says that, that, that for a whole week, the whole move stood still because this woman ended up catching leprosy, putting her mouth on the man of God. Now, this is what bothered me about the text. Why did he whoop her and didn't whoop Aaron? Uh, ladies, you better lean in here. The reason he whooped her and didn't whoop Aaron is because a woman has birthing capability and God knew if I let this go she gonna produce something just like her if you don't believe me write down number 16 it started with two of them by the time you get to number 16 it was 250 of them and God said you know what I ain't putting up with this and the Bible says he killed everything down to the dog the man of God had to stand in the gap and say, God, please don't do this no more. You don't know how many times his prayers have rescued your hide. 
See, 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 and, and, and can I throw this in for free? Listen, it's too many fish out there for y'all to be tripping about the one that got away. Oh, see, you could apply that to anything in your life. You tripping about the job you lost. You tripping about the man that walked off. You tripping about the woman that got away. Baby, it's more fish in the sea. You ought to be texting them after church saying, thank you for leaving because you opened up my opportunity. You sitting around wondering why so-and-so don't come to church no more. To hell with so-and-so. You better go and grab somebody else. What happened that so-and-so don't come no more? No, you ought to see that as an opportunity. Well, you lost my game. The third thing, the, the, the third thing. What number am I on? What, what number am I on? The third thing, your pastor, he needs you to shut up. Tell your neighbor, shut up and work, baby. See, when you, get, when you just put your head down and get your work done, you're going to understand that things can happen in your life. The third thing your pastor needs is he needs you to understand that you're too spiritual to be effective in the natural. You know why you, you exhausted? I'm so woe out. I don't know. I might need a break. Oh, I'm feeling the weight. I'm feeling the weight. You know why you feel that way? Because you don't, watch this now. You're doing ministry work and not the work of ministry. You, what, what, why you feel that way is because you're tending to what you're doing without tending to who you are. Oh, it's quiet up in here. See, one of the things, one of the things Jesus in, in the Bible, when it talks about Mary and Martha, it was designed to show you two things. You need to be a worker and a worshiper. See, and you will come up in here and forget to worship because you're so mad about something that happened while you was working. And the man of God preaching and you got a slap attitude now and you want to deal with it. You know, you so mad you can't wait for church to be over so you could give somebody a little piece of your mind when you done already gave too much of it away. The man of God needs you to stay spiritual. The job, the assignment, the call is bigger than you are. Remember in, in New Jack City, he said it's bigger than Nino Brown. See, what you got to understand is this thing is bigger than you. Touch your neighbor and say, this ain't about you. See, if you could get that one thing in your mind, everything you're doing will start to excel your marriage, your home, your businesses, because the Bible says that Jesus looked at, that God looked at Adam and said, watch this now, he needs a help meet, not a help mate. We changed the word to mate, and we made it about marriage when it was about management. God said he needs somebody to help him meet his obligation to me. That's why when Jesus started ministry, he gave him 12 disciples, and God tells Joshua, you Moses' minister. Your job was to serve Moses. Moses' job was to serve me. So we both lost something, but now it's your turn. Now, what am I saying? I'm saying that the man of God, the man of God need people who understand not to let their natural affect their spiritual. Number four, he needs you to understand pizza parties and social gatherings don't save souls, but systems do. You said systems? Yes, sir, systems. Remember in the Bible, what God first created to get rid of the chaos was systems. He said, let the water move over here and let the land come over here and let the moon shine by night and let the sun shine by day. All God was creating was systems. And then he put a manager over it. He said, and Adam, now you're going to tell everything what it's supposed to do. And you're going to call it what it is and it shall be. That's why when the man of God give you an instruction and a direction about your profession you ought to be quick to do it you know why because he's calling something forward out of your life 
The Bible says he said what it was going to be, and it was that. That's why even with Eve, can I help you ladies, you Facebook fanatics uh, who got your hyphen slash name with your last name, you are out of order. You know how I know? Because Genesis 5 said he called their name Adam. Eve wasn't her name. It was her title that Adam gave her as the mother of all living. I had a woman, she asked me, she said, well, why should I have to lose my identity? I said, you don't. Don't get married. Stay single. Because the reality is, if you want two bank accounts, you shouldn't be married. Ain't nobody talking but me. You want to come home whenever you want to? You don't need to be married. You want to do it, and, and the same way about every system in ministry. If you want to do it your way, you shouldn't be here. You know why? Because you ain't got no way. God only speaks to one at a time. Are you hearing me here? Number, number what number am I on? Five, number five. You got to understand that this is not a stepping stone. It's a sticking ground. You know why some people are going to join your church? Because they see it as an opportunity. What kind of opportunity, man of God, to start something on their own? If he had a dollar for how many people tried to come up in here and start something, and then they mad and say, well, why Bishop don't let nobody preach? This ain't your pulpit. You said, but I got a call on my life. Not if he ain't cultivated it. Oh, it's quiet up in here. Remember when uh, he, he acknowledged to tell, he said, you got a gift in you. He said, but I got to lay my hands on it and I got to stir it up. In other words, I got to cultivate that gift in you and I'll tell you when it should be released. Remember when Saul was on the Damascus road, he said, God, he was talking directly to God and said, what will you have me to do? He said, go to Ananias, the man of God, and he shall tell you what you should do. You see how quiet it's getting? All opportunists are getting dropped off on the third floor. We going to the 10th. Because they, they, they treat me, yeah, you know, God speak to me too. That was the mistake that Miriam them made. They said the same thing. God speak to us and God said, fool, I don't speak to you like I speak to him. He said, I might give you a dream or a vision, but he still got to interpret it. I, put my mouth on his mouth and I breathe my word into him. See when the man of God goes before God he gets an implanted word. When he stands up here you get a transplanted word. When he's speaking to you that's God speaking to you. You know how I know? In the same passage when Israel and them was going in in Joshua and the Bible says they got to where they were getting ready to get the mountains, the women came and they said, God told us that we were supposed to have our own mountain. Well, when you research it, they never spoke directly to God. Moses had told them, but they saw no difference in the voice of Moses and the voice of God. Ain't nobody going to talk to me. The reason why you ain't moving yet is because you get a prophecy and a prophecy is never absolute. A prophecy is a pointer to tell you move in this direction. And that's why the old song used to say, when I move, you move. Just like that. Yo, DJ, play that back. When the man of God moves, you ought to be moving. Because every place that his feet shall tread, yours shall tread also. Watch this now. Watch this now. Watch this now. The sixth thing. Am I on six? You need, you, need, you need to understand that you don't need a better budget. You need to be better believers. Because if you become a better believer, you're going to create the better budget. See, a lot of times we think we can just give and be irresponsible. It's quiet up in here. Tithing embodies your time, talent, temple, treasure, testimony. Are you hearing me? Your time, talent, temple, treasure, and your testimony. Tithing is the embodiment of what you give to God for all that God has given to you. 
And if you ain't got time for God, you can send your gift all day. It's quiet up in here. But you're going and building bills, businesses and organizations and everything else and then wonder why they crumble because you ain't had time for God. It's quiet up in here. I told you earlier, technology shouldn't be the substitute for church attendance. The, 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 the streaming live wasn't meant for you to stay at home. The Bible says, and they continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. It says, fail not to assemble yourself together. That medium is supposed to be designed to reach people who are unchurched. Church people know they're supposed to be at church. Am I talking to somebody? Watch this now. Number seven. All right, the next thing your pastor needs from you is to understand that prayer still works. You know why people don't come to church as much as they should? You ever heard of a shade tree mechanic? Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. You know, a shade tree mechanic is a mechanic that he ain't no mechanic, he just know how to fix cars. And with his work, don't come a guarantee. Amen. Ain't nobody going to get what I'm saying. And see, it's a lot of us running around, we shade tree ministering. Uh, and you praying for other people and ain't even got a prayer life yourself. Uh, you trying to minister the word to other people. No, if you see somebody sick, get them to a real doctor. The reason why people are not being delivered like they used to uh, is because you trying to work on them uh, instead of bringing them in here to the hospital where they can get real help. Listen, watch this now, watch this now. You, you got to understand, prayer was designed in its essence. It wasn't designed for you to give it away to people. Because sometimes you're praying for people's stuff and you don't even know where they are. God might be whooping them for a reason. And here you come getting in the way. Tell my Lord, bless their finances and they ain't doing nothing for God with them. Lord, y'all ain't going to hear me up in here. Watch me now. You got to understand prayer was designed to build you so that you can go build kingdom. Are you hearing me here? Prayer was designed to build the believer. And without prayer, you ain't got no power. You, you, you need the word of God. But prayer is a vehicle of communication. It gives me the ability to talk to God. And the word of God through the man of God is God speaking back to me. Amen. What relationship you know do well without communication? You done been around somebody they don't want to talk. And they just got that silent rebellion. It's, it's called passive aggression. Ain't nobody going to help me up in here. They keep sending you a message, but they won't say nothing. I, and then when you ask them about it, it ain't nothing. I, I, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. No, that's why you got to open your mouth and pray so you can tell God what's on your mind. Sitting up here, Pastor, you know, the Lord, the Lord must not love me. Ask him. God must want to bless everybody but me. Tell him that to his face. Number eight. Now this is one that's critical. You need to lock in because I'm going to a close in a minute. You need to stop impressing people at the expense of sacrificing God. You know what's wrong with a lot of people in church? The reason they never reach their maximus, they trying to please people who ain't going to be pleased no matter what you do. I mean, baby, if they don't like you today, they ain't going to like you tomorrow. I don't care if your hair is long, bought down to your back today. If you come up in here bald-headed tomorrow, they're going to start talking all about you behind your back. I don't care. You can be fat today, skinny tomorrow. They're going to talk about how anorexic you are. Something must be wrong with you you must be sick ain't nobody gonna talk to me if you praise you praise too much if you sit you too silent you can't please people who don't want to be pleased and you should never want more for people than they want for themselves 
Watch this now. You say, in Psalms 1, the Bible says, watch this now. He says, he says, blessed is the man, happy is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. That's the disconnected. See, one of the reasons why you're, you're vacillating between two opinions, you're still running with disconnected folk. Uh, it's quiet up in here. You say, well, well, you know, they my friend. They were my friend. And, and just because they don't go to the harvest no more. What kind of friend I be? I stop being their friend because they don't go to the harvest. A smart one. You don't keep laying with somebody that done divorced you. Oh, it's getting quiet up in here now. You say, oh, he all in my mess now. <laughs> Uh-uh, uh-uh, you don't care. Listen, when people, watch me now, when people disconnect themselves, uh, the reason why it affects you uh, is because their mindset now gets deposited into your atmosphere. Uh, and whether you know it or not, they keep talking long enough. Uh, you ain't gonna pull them in. Uh, they gonna drag you out. Ain't none, ain't none, watch this, they're disconnected. He says, standeth in the way of the sinner. That's those, watch this now. He says, first of all, the counsel of the ungodly, they disconnected. Stand in the way of the sinner, that's the delinquent. You said a delinquent, they don't, they, they, you know what a delinquent is. That's when the people, they, they're just rebellious for no reason at all. They don't know why they're rebellious. You ask them to sit over here, they sit over there. You ask them to stand, they sit, sit, they stand. You know, some people, some people can't ever build positive relationships because you're dealing with the pain of your past and you haven't taken time to heal from it. So everything about you has a rebellious side to it because you're measuring your future based on the pain of your past. Touch your neighbor and say, let it go. Watch this now. Watch this now. He says, no, send them away the sinner, no, sit and see the scornful. That's the disdained or the bitter. Bitter people don't make you better. They make you bitter. You ever been around somebody and you were happy before you got around them and when you got around them, next thing you know, you're just as miserable as they are? Because bitterness is a contagion. I wish I had somebody. That's why, listen, when you come up in the house of God, I don't know who I'm talking to, but you can't afford to sit down on your praise and on your worship because somebody up in here needs to be infected by what's going on in your praise. I wish I had somebody. You ever been in church and saw somebody praising and all of a sudden you start getting your praise on? I wish I had somebody look at your neighbor and say this is a praise row if you sit here you might as well praise him because ain't no telling what I'm liable to do I'm liable to knock this seat over but I can tell you this this ain't no library it's a sanctuary watch this now watch this watch this here's number nine number nine number nine jealousy is for the insecure Now, this can apply to your relationships and your church. Ain't no need in you hating on nobody because they went through the process. Jealousy don't show how much somebody loves you. It show how insecure they are. And I know sometimes, ladies, y'all love when we show a little fool. See, y'all sitting up here trying to, mm-mm. But you'll say, he didn't even say nothing. Child, he must not care like he said he didn't trip. See, jealousy don't show. You don't want that kind of a fool in your life. Because the problem is, is when you act the fool, you can't turn fool off. If he show up at your job, baby, come here. He at home ain't got no job. Come here. Drove up there in your car, come here. Spit your gas, come here. I don't care nothing about it, come here, that's my lady, I need to talk to her. Baby, you have just met somebody that's deranged and crazy. 
I, 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 I'm not married. I'll tell a woman in a minute. Look, I'm not fighting over you. I'll fight for you. But I'm not fighting over you because when somebody want to leave, you can't make them stay. You got to get the gift of goodbye. You better ask God, give me the gift of goodbye. Because there's some people in my life, I need to let them go. You can't let them go monitoring them on Facebook. Ain't nobody going to tell you scrolling their page. Mad that they ain't got no sad face on there. I can't believe they, they done left and look, they got a happy, they up there smiling and carrying on and all of that. Maybe they didn't, uh, maybe I wasn't that important all of, No, don't you ever make yourself believe uh, because somebody didn't see your value that you wasn't important. They just didn't know a diamond because they specialized in zirconia. You sitting up, well, maybe I wasn't that, no, you important, baby. Finally, finally, let me close with this. Let me close with this. Let me close with this. What number am I on? I'm just trying to see if y'all still with me. Number 10. The next thing that the pastor needs from you, and the final thing is this, and I close with this. When you got somebody that works as hard as your man of God, It could make you lazy. When you got somebody that work as hard as your man of God, because he's innovative and creative and could come up with a way to do it without you. Y'all ain't gonna talk to me. It can mess around and make you lazy. And that's why you letting the marketing ministry do the ministering and you ain't invite nobody because you just feel like all you gotta do is show up. But the 10th thing you need to know is everything is not your pastor's job. Church growth ain't your pastor's job. Conflict resolution, uh, saving your marriage uh, is not his job. Uh, guiding you, y'all ain't gonna talk to me. Uh, he can minister to you, uh, but he can't save what don't wanna be saved. Uh, conflict, uh, meeting your natural need, uh, paying your bills, uh, that ain't his job. Uh, meeting your, your natural needs. Uh, I wish I had somebody. Uh, and bringing people to church, uh, is not his job. He said, well, he said, well, he said, well, oh, man of God, I need you. And then you wonder, y'all are getting mad. He said, well, I need counseling. And they tell you, well, you can get counseling, but you got to pay for it. What kind of church, child? What kind of counseling center you go to uh, that you get to walk up in there for free? Uh, talking about I need to see the doctor uh, and I need some help. Uh, you can't burn his clock, uh, eat his time, uh, take up his energy, and then want him to go broke. Because quiet as his kept, counseling is not his job. He was called to preach the gospel. He's good at counseling, but that ain't his job. His principal assignment is to tell you what God said and to unveil it for you so you can understand it. All of the other stuff, we can get lazy. That's why you don't, I, I, I was watching, I pay attention to things and I watch Bishop, when he's having to correct on the spot, it's because somebody ain't focused because he do the thinking. When in reality, when you are around a thinker, Something ought to rub off on you. Yeah. 
And there is a certain point where our expectation is that you've learned something. So that I have to say less. It's getting quiet up in here. And then you, you'll turn around and get mad when, when, when you get, when, when, when the bishop is frustrated. <laughs> well, Kylie, I can't do nothing right. That's a horrible confession, first of all. And secondly, you just spoke it, you spoke it into your atmosphere, which then made it your reality. But what it's also doing is condemning instruction. Oh, it's getting quiet up in here. I'm saying that I refuse instruction even though I know I need to do some things better. I want you to appreciate my mediocrity when superiority may be calling my name. Beloved, as I close, listen. The man of God can't take a city entrenched in this much satanic demonism if the people don't have a mind to work. And let me be clear on something. Um, my mother used to always tell my father, you know, they, they've been married 54 years. 54 years. They've been dating since they were 13 and 11. And I told my mama, I said, my daddy put up with you longer than your mama did. And she almost slapped me. So I ran. But I was playing with her. But, but here's my point. My mother, she said, she tell my father all the time, I said, you would miss me if I wasn't around. And it's the truth because my father has been with my mother the majority of his breathing life. And she knows him so well now that she can pre-think him. Y'all ain't saying nothing. I'm trying to tell you this, that when you've been given a great gift in any, don't take it for granted because you don't want it to be given to somebody else. You said, well, Bishop started harvest. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something that's a fact. It's some churches that are sweep this little, this powerful man of God's going to say little yellow. <laughs> but I didn't say that. Y'all didn't hear me say that. That's between me and him. We talk. But it's some churches that will sweep him up and run off with him and you'll never see him again. Touch your neighbor and say, neighbor, it's time for us to be a better help, a help meet to the man of God. Now you celebrate your man of God like you got one. celebrate him celebrate him God gave you a man of God you know why God gave you a man of God cause he loves you like that look at your neighbor said neighbor I got it like that God is so good that God reached in his heart and pulled out Bishop Foreman and said, show me the way. Give three people a high five. Tell them I got it like that. Now I got a question. Who believes you got it like that? 
because it's a poor dog won't wag his own tail if you know you got it like that and everything you touch everywhere your feet go God is getting ready to put it on 10 throw them up and holler I said throw them up and holler You know, X represents the unknown, and I'm getting ready to step into places you have not seen and do things you didn't think I could do. Throw it up. I speak to that spirit of tiredness. I speak to that exhaustion. I speak to that willingness to give in to the antics of the enemy. I speak to that weight that's been on your shoulder and I command it to lift itself in the name of Jesus. You are stronger than you know. You can do more than you thought. You will accomplish more than you imagined. You are connected to the man of God. I speak freedom in your life again. I speak the joy of doing ministry in your heart again. You gotta fall in love with this thing. You gotta fall in love with this thing. And if you don't appreciate something, you lose it. Do you know what the law of honor suggests? Anything that you don't honor will leave your life. Oh. That's why when people, that's why people lost you. They ain't lose you because they found something better. They lost you because they didn't honor you. That's why the Bible says he's worthy of double honor. Honor is a principle that when it's exercised, it will deliver anything you want into your life. Don't honor your marriage. Watch what happens. Don't honor your physical man. Watch what happens. Don't honor your job. Watch what happens. Don't honor your ministry. Watch what happens. When you honor something, it will deliver anything you want into your life. But when you dishonor it, it will leave you. You will lose it because you didn't honor it. The Bible says that the man of God is worthy of double honor while you're standing. What does that mean? That means there's a moment in my life where I must stop and recognize that this man is worth something. He worth something. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.